It's Stompface, the Violence King. You're listening to the Mep Report. Enjoy, or I punch you. Let my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore. Lost all my friends in Los Angeles. And I'm not welcome in New York. But I must stop back in Omaha. Where the fans they always crying out for. You're ready? And if you're all juggernaut bitches, then here we go! Welcome! Flip episode! Flip report! Episode 24, April 5th, 2006. Where we're the juggernauts, bitches. Time to the map report. Three little maps upon my team speak. Singing sweet songs. We have four maps. Uh, emus are pure and food. <laughs> we farm these emus for glands. Ladies and gentlemen, this reggae song no, brought to you by BJ Singh. BJ Singh with reggae. Thank you. <laughs> oh boy. All the emu oil gonna be all right. Oh man. So welcome okay. everybody. Well, welcome to the. Say. Welcome to episode 24. Uh, we are all back in the United States. Andy is safely back from Italy. He was not uh, offed by the mafia. Can we do the show in the and style all back. of the uh, Fox show 24? We're going to come to you in no. real time. Every minute on the MEP report is going to be a minute in real life. Do I get That's to do the clock? Huh. Dink! Dink! That's weird. Dink! Dink! Who wants I hate to that clock. Power? Who's got it? <laughs> it's a great show, I think, actually. It, it is a good show. I was really skeptical. Really? I was really like skeptical. Like Arrested it is Development grade, or like... No, well, it's, I mean, that's... I don't know, how do you make that comparison? It's not, you know, it's... It's, it's corny not easy. in the, in the oh, sense that comedy. it's like... It's super patriotic, and, you know, it's it's all those those elements that I thought it would be, and I was a little skeptical about, but it's just so captivating. It really is. Yeah, the way they have it set up is pretty good. Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, my friend Kevin Bates, actually made the mistake of getting me season one on DVD, and this is a couple years ago, and so basically what I did was I put it in, and then I ended up staying up until, like, four in the morning for, like, four, you know, six straight nights, because <laughs> I was just like, episode, episode, oh, I've only got a couple of episodes left. Oh, good, I'm up to episode seven. I can't so, stop now. Episode eight is was, there, so it's, it's, it's addictive. <laughs> it was the most yeah. compelling thing you had ever seen on your couch since Russ and I playing FIFA at four in the morning. That was addictive. So addictive that I could never stay awake for the full game. <laughs> I would just wake up to hear you guys going, go! Exactly. Yes, exactly. We used to play Denmark all the time. Uh, Denmark just somehow became our team of choice. Don't kill us. <laughs> and um, don't kill us. What do you have against Denmark? Play, I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm talking to critics of Denmark, latent critics of Denmark. Who anyway, dislikes Denmark? So we just. What are you, Greg? Are you on crack? Have you been awake in like 2006? Oh, you're talking about the cartoon thing? Uh, more, more I, yeah, but that's not the country. Actually been burned. Yeah, but that's Basically not the country. The okay, that's the, the newspaper. Wasn't that originally Norway? I thought that started with Norway. Uh, no, it was Denmark. The, the, really? The newspaper was Denmark. I feel like I'm the He's only one... Getting less on sure right by now. the minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting three alien feeds in my ear, and I am the last anchor to Earth. And when I am your link to reality, you know we're all in trouble. All right? Please email... Story. We don't know what you're talking Andy about. We are not aliens. Yeah, exactly. Nothing will happen. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Long story short, Russ and I used to play Denmark. We would take them through the World Cup. It was awesome. Greg, when we he was living with us, would fall asleep on the couch and ask if we had won the World Cup on the hardest level yet, which we determined to be physically impossible. The end. I didn't fun. really need to ask that question because normally what would happen is I would be I would be you know waiting there and then uh, you know I would fall asleep and then I would be woken up by hearing you know all of a sudden you hear she's like yes yeah no shit, oh shit, yeah uh, yeah yes go yes and then Russ would be dancing around I mean like it wasn't very difficult you guys were <laughs> yeah. hardly subtle about if you were winning <laughs> or losing and we you grew to hate other countries too half of half of Waltham 
Yeah. It was your own personal highlight reel, Greg. We only woke you up when it was interesting. <laughs> I know, it's By true. Screaming it, in it, it was like a very low-rent sports center. Yeah, it was like a low-rent sports center with uh, with two people. And you, you guys had like one... What was the one country that you guys had lots of trouble with and you grew to hate that country by extension? I'm going to say like one, France. I think it was France. You are just yeah, like, yeah, God, France, France. Or Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> Brazil. Yeah. France. It was, uh, yeah. Some some actually good soccer country, unlike Denmark, who was unlike not Den- that good, but very challenging and fun. <laughs> we grew to know and love every single member of the Danish soccer team. It was great. Jord Jordson scores! And the Muslims are angry because he made a cartoon first. But Jord Jordson scored! <laughs> we better not say anything about that. Good okay. Well, I think Good that was fun. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. It's and, actually uh, been five minutes. Email. And uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Well, that's Another what happens show. when you do the show right. in real time. Story. I know. We exactly do it in right. uh, 120th, one frame every 20 exactly. seconds. But when you do it in real it's time, true. Jesus. Fly you Speaking of real time, can I just bring up uh, what we went through? I don't know how many people are going to be here listening to us for the first time since having found us over dig.com, but I thought, Russ and Story, since oh, you guys were it, sort baby. of the, since you were the masterminds, maybe you could explain what we tried to do and then explain what Dig Spy is, because that's sort of a real time thing about Dig, but maybe you should explain what this is all about, because I don't think Andy's heard this either, so. No, um, well, I was kind of following it from Italy over my uh, email. I had no <laughs> idea what you guys were talking about. Absolutely. We never send you. Absolute metric tons of email that, <laughs> that you never don't happens to while the three of okay. us are flying let me, let me around. Point with something it. Out. I had all of my email, all of the email I get, all forwarded to my Blackberry. And I work <laughs> at a law firm, I get a lot of email. You guys were like forty percent of my email. Forty percent of your regular and it's all between the hours of like ten PM and four AM. <laughs> It's, I have to turn my you know, you shouldn't off be getting many legal bre- briefs then. I know, seriously, you know? does it do We're a little audio? With your bandwidth time. Andy, does it do a little audio thing? Please tell me it does. That would be great. It's like, ding, map report, no, ding, map report. It buzzes. It buzzes. <laughs> and I have to turn it off at night because it's woken me up before. Just <laughs> constant buzzing. <laughs> with this gibberish. It's, it's always gibberish, too. It's always like, whoa, duh! <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. This sounds ridiculous, but it's often I remember when I wrote that one. All, all capital letters with something like somebody <laughs> screaming, some approximation of somebody screaming with about six exclamation points. And then something like, and this very cool thing happened. It's like, this thing happened. Blah! And, somebody, and then somebody will reply to that. And make you know Our another. Lives were nothing before the map report. I tell you, <laughs> it did this strike is, me at one point. A dull life all around. It's true. It did strike me at one point in the midst of our going back and forth. I'm like, I wonder what Andy. I had this image, and you were going to get back to the firm, and you're going to open up your email on Monday, and it's going to be like, death to you, <laughs> like a thousand <laughs> messages, just sort of you know waiting on your inbox. No, the funny thing is that my BlackBerry, when when I turn it on, downloads them one at a time, so it's I see them coming in like. <laughs> Blue. Dink. And, I, and, and it took me like actually 20 minutes to download my email one day in Italy. <laughs> That's so not surprising. That is so cool. Uh, but it was all worth it. Well, well, somebody like Russ, maybe you should explain what you thought, like how this whole brainstorm went and, you know, what your thought process was. Oh, and we should also just say in general, welcome to everybody who's coming from everywhere. And thank you for listening. But if you're coming from Dig, welcome, because we just did this a couple days ago. So hold forth. Rusty GB. Um. Yeah, as the uh, the figurehead of uh, marketing and promotion, the, the juggernaut of marketing and promotion. That I'm is the, the figurehead, bitch! Um, I'm constantly coming up with schemes on how to get us uh, exposure, because as you know, I do believe that we are the greatest podcast in the English language. Uh, what was that? <laughs> and if you didn't know it, you know it now. Amateur? You're right. You're right. <laughs> right. Amateur podcast. So I decided that a great way to do it would be to... Um, re-record, not re-record, but to recut that uh, discussion that we had about Ramtha back in episode 14 mm-hmm. and release it on one of these news-collecting websites as us exposing Ramtha as a cult, which it is, and I think, you know, people should know about it. Yes. And even if they still want to go, that's totally fine, as long as you know that you're going into the land where people try to teach you superpowers, then, like, by all means, you know, God how bless them, go learn how to have superpowers. How but many people do you think actually the money do that? Without knowing that. How many people do you think actually do that? They're like, you know, ah, it's a cult. I'd like, what did I, you know, I'm kind of bored. I think I'm going to go join a cult today. Like, do you think if they knew, they would still want to go join? I tell you what, man, the conference room that I was in, in this neighborhood, had, you know, three, four hundred people in there, and that was just one of their regular weekend session trips. But I'm did sure they think they it was a cult? Thousands and thousands it's and got thousands. It's better than a gang, right? Cult superior to gang, right? Is that what it is? I agree. Gang to cult. chance of death. 
Well, they and then, they and then a mob, and a mob is better than a cult, right? Op choice. They have that advantage. Gang or cult? It's not. I guess it's not like either pay they taxes. They have to choose between gangs and cults. I mean, yeah, you they can also join. I mean, there are many things you can join. You join a support group. I think yep. that would be better than a gang or a cult. Could a gang break up into a cult and then a cult break up into a support group? Two support groups? Could that happen? No. Oh. God no. damn it. <laughs> yeah, support right. groups are cults. What if we formed a cult out of cults. former gang support group and YMCA members? <laughs> well, YMCA members? We're like, all right, and... I mean, um, I just threw out the YMCA. Yeah. We want... We're going to have the Crips over join. here... The Rompus School of Enlightenment team. here, and we're going to have members of YMCA here. Okay, ready? We're going to put you in this room, make a group. Go. Hey, man, that would be that would be a uniting cult if you could get those people all to agree. No kidding. That would be, awesome. be a model, all right. All right, so you, this was your idea, Russ. So then what happened from there once you came up with this, you know, theory? So, yeah, I mean, we put the thing together. We had a very professional-style operation where we lit up uh, Andy's Blackberry every 30 seconds, getting it all set up. Yep. And then, uh, you know, we, we posted it onto Dig. Um, which is supposedly like a tech science website, but you know, I thought the link was there that it was sort of a a sciencey type movie, like the sciencey guy <laughs> sciencey who was guy. in the movie. We were yeah. sciencey guys, felt like yeah. science. Yeah, yeah, sure. And we're sciencey guys. Well, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. So anyway, you know, we did it. We uh, got a, a bunch joking. of digs. Not quite <laughs> enough to get it up on the front page, which would have uh, turned us into celebrities overnight. And uh, you know, we have lots of theories on why it didn't get up there. And it was, like, strangely removed. It's, like, four in the morning while we were wide awake and monitoring the thing. Being like, <laughs> it was like an election. Yeah, it was like an election night. Let's go that's blue state! I was before. getting accounts. I was actually, like, yeah. getting accounts as they came. Of course, it, I'm downloading for the next morning. And it's, like, emails <laughs> that just say 25 <laughs> with six exclamation points. I know. It's like it was an well, election night. Know, we're Andy, sending you the results. If we had made it to 40... You would have been able to turn your TV on in Italy and see us smiling back at you. <laughs> right, we actually would have been elected over Berlusconi. That story because there was there was an active debate on my BlackBerry about how many we'd have to get to, where people, would, you know, one of you guys would say, <laughs> "Wait, why 40? Well, you don't understand how it works. If we get to 35 to 40, wait, I don't understand because I'm looking at the bottom of the page and it says, uh, and I and I have no idea what you're talking about. And they're like. 40 straight messages that are just like one-liners. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why 40. We're at 26. American podcast and map report. And the 180 digs. Dig.com and map report. This is the Italian translation of the uh, of the map report, um, which we like to call the Mepara reportera. Reporterca. Ja. <laughs> Nice. Thank you. Um, well, the thing is that it was like an election uh, night Italian thing because Greg Wilson, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm straight, straight from straight from Sicily. Um, one of the things I was noticing was when I was looking at it, and I think that you know I, it was sort of strangely compelling because one of the things they have on the site is they have something called Dig Spy, where you click on the page and then it shows you when these different stories are getting these digs or you know votes of approval. Uh, and it just sort of keeps scrolling down. So I was like monitoring it and just be like, ding, like 26, let 26, quick, let, let the hills go. Let it be told from the hills. We're up to 26. So it was totally like watching like, you know, the CNN situation room on, you know, election night, except the stakes were far, far lower. But for us, the stakes were much higher because of what potentially could have happened. So, yeah, we didn't quite get there. Because but, we don't um, actually live in a representative democracy, but that's another story. Yeah, well, there's that too. Our theory actually was that one of the reasons we got cut off was because maybe Romtha found out about it and sort of got to us, right? Like Jay-Z Knight I'm sent her you, powers. Of, yeah, you know, they so. don't want it released on the internet that they're a cult. They're getting their money from the movie. They're doing well. They don't want anybody to know about it. So any one of them spotted that post... They they get on the uh, the rump of phone tree and uh, snuff us out. Yeah. So basically, that's kind of what happened. Was we we tried and uh, that's what they did. you know we may we may try again at some point in the future. But if you are coming from Dig and if you were one of the many people that came, welcome and uh, we hope you you know will end up liking what you hear. So Andy, Italy, how was it? It was amazing. Um, you know, I I was really surprised because I thought going in that the things that I would like the most uh, would be you know, the major cities that, that have all the kind of traditional things you're supposed to see, but I actually fell in love with the countryside, and I, I liked Rome quite a bit, but I wasn't impressed at all with Florence, not at all. But it was overall very good. I, I, I ended up limiting my time in Florence and, and went and saw uh, some really great small Tuscan villages, and uh, there's this amazing place that, that I'd never heard of until I took this trip. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or any of our listeners, but it's called the Cinque Terre. 
and it's five villages on the on the coast that have no automobile traffic at all, and they're they're not they're only connected to each other by a walking paths and a train, and so you you and oh, they're perched. That's like uh, Italy's equivalent of Pismo Beach, right? <laughs> I, Except I without cars. Pismo Beach. <laughs> no, Pismo Beach has cars, man. Yeah, exactly. And the amazing oh. thing is that they, they, the towns are literally hanging off of these cliffs. I mean, if you go to like Google Images and and, and you know search for Cinque Terre, which is C-I-N-Q-U-E-T-E-R-R-E, two words there, you'll see it's amazing. It's like these villages are literally hanging off the edge of cliffs. And they're, you know, kind of what you'd imagine, the Italian seaside village, all very colorful houses and, and so forth. But the greatest part was the hiking, just incredible hiking to get from village to village. They're a couple miles apart each, and you're just hiking right along these cliffs. It was just, That was, I think, the highlight, hiking through these olive groves and, um, and you know, grape, grape, I don't know, what do you call them, grape farms, grape vineyards, right? Vineyards. Vineyards? Hiking. Yeah. Vineyards, yeah. Perhaps. Vineyards. Maybe. Grape, <laughs> grape farms? What do you call <laughs> the place that grows Italy. things, guys? Can you imagine? Like the growing house? Can you imagine? Italy's oh, the farm, Famous right. grape farms. Grape farms from, <laughs> from the grape farms of Vio de Gano. That was a great year in the grape farm of California. <laughs> That's where you see the... Um, Anyhow, it was guys? awesome. The, the singing... What was Ernest? the singing grape group? What was the name of the, those oh, guys? Oh, right. The California Dry The grapes. California Raisins. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. where you see the California Raisins with, like, varnishes on. They heard it the here. Exactly. Yeah, this place so, is amazing. Yeah, I just was, took a look at a picture, Andy. It was amazing. Pretty wild, yeah. Yeah, I recommend everybody search that. It's, it's just amazing... And uh, it's it's cheap. I mean, spaghetti dinners for four bucks. You know, the wine was incredibly cheap. The table wine was like four dollars a bottle, and it was far less touristy. I mean, it's still a little touristy, but nothing compared to Florence. Which I just the reason I didn't like Florence was because everywhere you went, American tourists, obnoxious, loud, and because of that, the people are they're like people in Paris. They're kind of rude to you because they're so used to obnoxious American tourists. They speak to you in English right away and like kind of assume you don't know any Italian, which I find to be really obnoxious. And even if you try to speak Italian, they speak back to you in English. So I found it to be a, I was really put off by Florence, but I really I like the Cinque Terre a lot. I liked some of these small Tuscan villages I saw. And Rome, I mean, I just I I, I was really into the archaeology. It was really neat to go into the old fort and, and things like that. But and I wouldn't miss Rome, but um. But I, that was the highlight. So the Cinque Terre, that's my tip of the day. That's pretty cool. You know, it's your tip of Italy. If you're going to Italy, go to Cinque Terre. Um, well, did Andy's you, did, tip of the grape farm. <laughs> go to the Cinque Terre grape farm. <laughs> well, you should have hit them back farm. with Latin. You should have hit them back I'm with Latin. I'm going to the Cinque Terre. There oh, are no cars. on Pismo Beach. And that is why I'm going to drink more bleach. Mm-hmm. What? Oh yeah, drink your wine. This is terrible. But you don't have to whine. Oh, don't you yeah. know we heard it at the grape farm? Not my terrible. What I do? Wine. They're homonyms. You can rhyme them. Um. So Andy, watch. Watch this. Hit him back with Latin. Retard. Andy, watch you hit him back with Latin. You got bad. that skill. Throw out the Latin. They spoke to you in English. Just be like, um, yeah, well, vina yeah, vidi on your speak ass. To any current Latin speakers, any modern day Latin speakers? Do any exist? Um, did you dig them up? Probably. <laughs> I did take confession. I did. I did take confession in the Vatican City, and I I didn't speak to him in Latin, but I bet he, I bet the guy who gave me confession could speak Latin. Wow, that's pretty cool. And uh, can we get a transcript of that? What did yep. you confess to? <laughs> what did you do? Oh, I confess to everything. The the truth is, the sad truth is, is it had been so long. That I obviously I couldn't list off, you know, all of my uh, <laughs> sinful activities. So, so the guys like he's going through the ten. <laughs> it's too long. Let me let me sum up. Give me the highlights. And he's like, you know, so uh, have you killed anybody? And I'm like, no. Uh, have you lied? Probably. How many times? <laughs> that right there was uh, a lie, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Dozens, dozens <laughs> and, of times. And now, I mean, it was just like and now that, one know? more time again. I just now in the middle of this confession. <laughs> Who did you I get? Did you have you? that exact moment, Greg? Did you really? <laughs> I, I really did during the confession. When he asked me if I would lied, I was I was actually reflecting on the rest of my confession. Did, did I lie about anything during my confession? <laughs> I, I, I I couldn't tell if I was hedging the right right way or the wrong way when I was trying to estimate my 
I don't know what he asked. You know, like how many times have I taken the Lord's name in vain? How many times have I done that? I'm like, that's an important question. Absolutely. Does Jesus require you to round down or round up? It's a good question. These are things that we have not analyzed. Divine math. Right. Divine. But it math. was, guys. It, it was pretty awesome to have Mass and Confession in St. Peter's. It was really... And it was actually that same day that it was the anniversary of, of uh, John Paul II's death, so it, they were having like really big stuff was going on in St. Peter's. Did you say his so first year anniversary? Amazing. It's been a year? Has it really been? It's been a year. Last wow. Sunday. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that blew my mind, too. I was like, no way. That's amazing. Andy, you should have last Tuesday. Did you ask for like since you were there, you know, since you were traveling, could you ask like could you ask for the Pope himself and be like, is Benedict around so I could, you know, have him confess me? Yeah, no, I, he had, he had a big morning, so I wanted to let him rest. He oh, had a I see. Mass that he gave, you know, in honor. So oh, that's right. So I you saw in the afternoon. Oh, okay, but you didn't see him give the mass then, okay? Because you were there in the afternoon. No, no, no. It was packed. It was like hundred thousand people were there for that mass. Oh like, my we god! We waited until it was a little bit. Less. Does the Pope take confession anymore? I mean, it, that's too lowly a task for him, right? I think he, he takes confession from some people. He probably takes it from like cardinals, takes it from other maybe? priests. Yeah. Yeah. I doubt he takes direct confessions from from just Albert Pujols. Maybe calls sometimes. Him up and Confesses his name. Albert Pujols. Where's your brain? I don't actually know. <laughs> From Cardinals. Somebody got the joke. That's pretty it's cool, though. I mean, can I mean, you imagine? It's a pun this time. It would be like hitting the mass lottery, I would think. Like, you'd it's just be like, congratulations, you are going to be confessed by the Pope. You have a direct line to God. This is as close as you're going to get. Please make it a good one. You know? I would think that would be great. It's like a hotline to God. <laughs> That's how that's how they advertise it too, you know. Hotline to God. <laughs> Did you meet Berlusconi? Did you get to hang out with him? Oh no, yeah. No, he's all over the billboards. He's all. You know, the election's coming up. And he's, he's in. All, a, they, he's, they had all these oh, funny billboards. Yep. He's in the fight the, the for his life. I heard. Hilarious. Some of them. Yeah, I think he's going to lose. But one of them, one of the billboards. Tell me if this sounds familiar. One of the billboards uh, said something like, "The the left says that we that we're." Uh, you know, we have no chance for a good future. Well, I'll leave them, you know, let's leave them to their bad future or something like that. And went on to explain how whenever you think things are bad, you have to just say, hey, it's not that bad and be optimistic. And that's how you solve your problems. Sure. It actually said this in a classic. Italian, like, you just Always have to look on the bright <laughs> side of life. And the, and the, the, the social Democrats and the, the socialists are like going, pulling their hair out. In these debates, they're like, are you serious? Your plan is to just hope things go well? And he's like, I don't think it's so bad. And they're like, but look at all these figures about our economy. And he's like, yeah, but those are like fancy numbers. I mean, you know, yeah. look at things. Do no, it's, that hey, bad? it's true. Fancy numbers. I'm the Pope. <laughs> what do I know from numbers? Give me some pizza. Um, no, it's I mean, the like. Pope. <laughs> the Pope. Oh, no. Grape juice all over your nice white robe. No, oh, I need the grape farm. Where is and, it? And, and so. You guys ever see that old skit? To, to make it more clear, nope. what it <laughs> remind you of, he actually at one point said he thinks it's unpatriotic to take such a pessimistic view. Oh, my God. If they, and they, that all good, all oh. good Italians. We'll be optimistic about our future. I know. You know what? They all read the same magazines. This is the same garbage that Reagan tried to pull. And you know what it pisses me off is that it leaves the liberals with like, well, we have to be the depressive ground. I'm like, no, how about I'm an, optimi I'm an optimist and that's why I'm left. You know, I'm a liberal because I optimistically believe that things can be better than just saying, well, the hell with it and let's abandon people to their, to their whatever they're going to face. Like, I believe things could be better. That's a more optimistic position. But all of them, all the conservatives from Reagan onwards and Berlusconi and Bush and even Blair now have picked up on the same idea that it's not that bad. Why do you think it's not bad? You're not unpatriotic, are you? Because if you are, that's really bad. I mean, ugh. <laughs> You know? That's right. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. At least uh, the the good guys won in Israel. That that was one election that went well. Yes, that's Which, true. Which you know, of course, the timing is is perfect because we now have Hamas <laughs> lining <laughs> no. up with an actually good Israeli government. Well done. So it doesn't really <laughs> matter. It's like okay, and now we're willing to talk. Oh, you won't talk to us. Okay, right. you don't wait. You don't see us. We're right here. You don't see us? No, you won't recognize us. Okay. Great. We'll just wait until... I mean, it's better than, like, a hardline versus hardline government, because then they just kill each other again. At least they'll just sort of sit quietly and... I know. Each okay, other guys. The barbed wire. I'm sorry I have to point this out, but...
but I just wanted to see what I was leading to people to. So I Google image search Cinque Terre, and most of the pictures are very beautiful and representative of Cinque Terre, but the, the one on the bottom of the, the last row of pictures on the page, with the nude man standing in one of the streets of the Cinque Terre is not that's the you, one that's it? representative <laughs> We told Terry. you not to be nude no, while you're there, Andy. God, you know. If you look at this man, he could God. never be confused what kind of for me. <laughs> and it would have worked a lot better be if you hadn't <laughs> disclosed this. It, exactly. And guys, yeah. This this is one weird looking man in this picture too. He's he's really bizarre looking. All right, where is Anyhow, this? I'm sorry to I'm sorry to have led. It's just the first page of the Google search for Cinque Terre. For some reason, a nude man pops up on the on the, the last column. Of course it does. And I apologize for that. But not really though. I, do you? I really do. You just sort of do. I, he's very disturbing looking. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Uh, what? What the hell is this? Anyhow, what? Who is this <laughs> exactly. guy? And the mappers get lost on Google. You know what? Tune in next week when <laughs> this, the mappers return. Story. If I Google. were you, I wouldn't look at this picture because um, this kid. It doesn't look like story, does it? <laughs> <laughs> it looks a lot not like at story. It <laughs> it's hey, you really used that long hair, Terrell. No, no, it looks, I know the truth. It does look disturbingly oh, like story is looking hair. at it. Story is looking at it. He knows the guy has long hair. It looks no, great. No, I'm actually not looking at it. I'm just making the bold assumption <laughs> that a guy who is said to look like me has long hair. Hey, is story, are you cir- are you circumcised? Because that could solve it once for all. Whether it's you, are you circumcised? <laughs> just stop. Okay, how do you spell this Are we thing really again? bringing this up <laughs> on, on the map before? C-I-N- do I have to answer that question? Q-U-E. I don't think question. I'm going to. Are you cut or uncut? It's a simple question. <laughs> oh, dear. So, I was watching MLB TV the other day. And uh, yeah. I thought, God, I'm so glad to be able to watch Mariners games. Oh. It's so exciting. You know what I'm else, sorry, too? Is it unreasonable? To not answer questions about my genitalia on a public radio show? Is I, that I'd, unreasonable? I'd say that's not totally only unreasonable. If you're public. It's only reasonable if you're ashamed. Well, did you notice actually... I'm not ashamed of this, anything. This I just picture. don't want to talk about genitalia on the show. Now, did you notice that this picture, actually this guy, whose name is Spencer Tunick, apparently really he takes I'm pictures... I, he takes I pictures of... spelling. I would love to see it. It's Okay, it's, okay, in, it's in Google. C-I-N-Q-U-E space T-E-R-R-E. And the thing is that when okay. you click on it, when you click on it, all of these people are taken from different places in the world. Like this is a photographer named Spencer Tunick who takes oh, a picture of naked people in all the these different ones. cities. Yeah, they've got one from Reykjavik, from Antarctica, someone naked in Antarctica. That's a good one. Uh, Cape Town, South Africa. Like I guess he just goes around and takes pictures of naked people, apparently. And he just and he's happened really to good at getting why? his Google rank up. Why? Yeah. Well, he just why? happened to get story. Why, you guys? He got story in Italy. Wow, this is horrible. <laughs> I disavow all knowledge of Map Report 24. Do you see why I was apologizing? I, Do you wow. see why? I, I, there are I, some really I'll ugly naked people week. on this page. Yes, yes, there's some, yeah. There are these really hideous looking naked twins on all these. <laughs> oh, and yes. Russ, is gone. Russ can't stand it. Tune in uh, to Map Rep. 25 for <laughs> Russ Guberman and his Look, return. <laughs> we were just pointed in the right direction and then we went. That's all. Andy was the one who came up with this idea. He made up this whole trip to Italy. Oh yeah, guys, Cinque Terre is really a beautiful place. Oh look, it's a naked guy. Hey, Story, are you circumcised? That's not the way that it all went. <laughs> Hi, Russ. Welcome back. Russ left his own computer. We're coming to you live on a server from Russ's computer. Right. And Russ left his Russ own computer. Russ left his own computer. That, that shows you how offended I have my own computer. We could have run in Dominion over anything. <laughs> we could have gotten into your 700-win Chicago White Sox team on MLB. Yeah. Because that would have been great. You could go into my computer cache open. and look at crazy naked pictures now that they're on there from <laughs> freaking the map report. Yes, 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 You yes. bastards. Well, you know, they do what they can, so... Okay, I, I just have to say, and I know that we're not, we don't do the headline thing that much, but I, I noticed this and I had been wanting to bring it up to you guys. Did you know that an Indian director, um, this guy who's going to be directing a film on Mother Teresa, is recruiting Paris Hilton to play the starring role in a Mother Teresa biopic? Mother Teresa. Oh my word. That's the most sacrilegious thing I could ever imagine. I think. would think so. I think if you went through the world and not- said, who should I get to play Mother Teresa? Paris Hilton would not be high on the list, I would think. Mother Teresa, my limbs are falling off. I am a leper for 20 years. That's hot. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's the simple life. In I reverse. Think that's her only line the whole movie. Oh my god. I I can't believe that's it. Hot. She says she has expressed delight that I have shortlisted her to play the role. This will make our meeting easier. The director told the website. How does it she make the look thing like easier? Since even... as of now, there is no movie. She doesn't even look. Well, I mean, maybe does she plays. She look like her at all? Directing she... equals zero. I I made the mistake of putting Paris Hilton film. Oh, you Mother are Teresa. smarter than this. You oh, are smarter no, than this. this. Don't do that. Paris Come Hilton. On. No, Come seriously, on. Par- Mother Teresa Paris Hilton film, and I forgot that it was. But you're on image search. Didn't you? I'm not on you image. No, I'm not on image. image. Oh, okay. I am not on uh, image search. But I, I'm like, I can't find anything about Mother Teresa. Wait a minute, all of these are about Paris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Well, if you go to Yahoo.com, you'll see that there's a there's a one thing about there's a line in the entertainment about director hopes to cast Paris Hilton as Mother Teresa, which <laughs> is like disturbing. In like five minutes, Terrell's gonna be like, Oh God, I just totally messed up, and I put in goat sex, man, horse, donkey. <laughs> I don't know and how I that had happened. No idea. <laughs> I couldn't believe the images that came up. I put it into video search and instant download, and I, I don't know what's happened to my computer. Oh, I couldn't have seen this what coming. What was that? Goat, sex, man, horse, donkey? Is that what you want me to look oh, up? Oh, God. Oh, man. I just can't believe I can't believe they would choose those things. And the other controversy in the movie world... 315,000 results for that. 315,000 results. I'll bet there are. Uh, there's also, what do you guys think about, what's your take on this new, you heard about the controversy over now the wait, new... did he type or or and? Because or, 350,000 results, but goat and sex and male and donkey and thing. Then I think you're going to cut it down a little bit. Doesn't... That's a little tip on using search engines. Wait, doesn't Google automatically do that? Yeah, no, you're right. Oh, uh, well, it does. Let's do that. Okay. So, what did, what's your guys' take on this new movie uh, that's coming out called United 93? It's the new movie on the on one of the 9/11 flights because there's been a lot of controversy over whether it's too soon to show it. Okay, what's your I, guys? Can I give you my take on the flight itself? First of all, I can't believe that only one of those flights people challenge guys with box cutters. Yep. N- number two, I can't believe you couldn't actually overtake the guys with the box cutter successfully, and the flight actually crashed. I mean, what did they do? Why? Well, why, but they didn't. Once they decided to do that. Yeah, but they didn't know. But yeah, but Andy, they didn't know what was going on. I mean, like most of the time, what everyone had always been told was, if your plane's hijacked, remain quiet and don't do anything, and then they'll ask for ransom and they'll land or something like that. Like this is the first time anyone had decided to take, you okay. know, these options. So Plus, fine. they probably said Fair they enough. had more than box well, cutters too. You know. Once this flight was they decided to stand up to them, why weren't they successful? I don't get it. Well, I they were. They crashed the plane. That's not success. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> That's because, the worst case scenario. Yeah, but the cockpit was closed. They were never going to get in there. The pilot was already out of the cockpit. So the only thing they were going to do was, you know, I mean, they, the only thing... Doesn't that beg the question oh. why the pilot doesn't close the cockpit once people get stabbed? I, well, I guess he him. had to open... Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I'm just wondering. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. But all I can say is that how did, they get the plane plane. To, how did they get the plane to crash if the cockpit was no? Closed? That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Then I guess they must have been in a no. They they didn't have the. Uh, I guess it wasn't the closed. Locking. The cockpit locked all the time back then. This was before all those regulations. Yeah, so I guess that's right. Presumably, these guys had a chance to land the plane. Um, one theory was that you know they just weren't going to help them land because they were afraid they would do more damage. So they would. It's actually a policy. You know, if the. Uh, However, the air traffic controllers don't think that you have a real chance of being able to land the plane. That they'll put you in some innocuous place where you won't do much damage. Yeah, and just let mm. you let you go. So did they kill the pilot or something? And why couldn't they overtake the yeah. guys? And then yeah, the, the, the pilot was killed. The pilot was oh, they, dead already. They killed yeah, with the box cutters. Yeah. That was part of the plan for all the planes. They killed the pilots. They had their own training to you know crash it into their targets. So that was part of the deal. How do you get killed with the box cutters? I mean, don't they stabbing a deaf man? Yeah. Why don't they up? I mean, look. Uh, uh, if there's like four of them, off with a freaking box cutter. <clears throat> well, look. I mean, it's not like they were attacking yeah. them with a with a safety razor. I mean, a, a box cutter can do some damage if you totally don't expect that any of this is going to be happening. If you're a box, you know. <laughs> but you know, like I mean, right. they they it's were. True. It, it was <laughs> the weird. The damage a box cutter does is directly inversely proportional to how much you expect a box cutter. If you have never even heard of a box cutter, you actually die from looking at it. Well, you know that was what you're going to say. If you sort of know what box cutters are, are. <laughs> <laughs> so it shouldn't hurt me. 
at all. It only works on perpendicular <laughs> surfaces. I mean, that was <laughs> that was what was so silly about the whole, you know, the whole regulations afterwards, where they're like, okay, we'll allow you, we'll allow you metal butter knives, but absolutely no, you know, no uh, tweezers or nail clippers. Yeah. Like, I really don't think you're going to take down a plane with a nail clipper. I, I they just bring you your dinner, and they give you a big yep. knife. Yep. You guys remember this? I remember they that, of course. That. Well, and you didn't so, even need to bring it with you. They've released some of it they've allowed again, so I guess they've decided that the hijackers have moved on from wanting to use butter knives, which wasn't likely to be used anyway. But Well, here's, here's the thing. Here's an argument that I want to make, which is the war on terror, and I'm going to make a parallel between the war on terror and the war on drugs. Both of them are being carried out completely in the wrong direction because as long as there's demand for drugs, right, we know that anything you do to stop the supply is completely useless and futile and a waste of money. Similarly, I'm going to make the argument that the only real way to conduct a war on terror is to convince your populace that they should never be afraid. And then the, war, the terrorists just wouldn't work. Agreed. Because you'd have terrorists walk into a building. People would just, you know, as soon as they recognized they were terrorists, one after another, they would try to apprehend or kill or maim the terrorist. And they wouldn't allow themselves to be taken hostage, and it would never work ever again. Oh, I mean, and there'd be nothing that you could do short of, you know, these weapons of mass destruction just attacking and killing massive amounts of people. But you could never do that sort of thing ever again if you just taught American citizens how to deal with the situation instead of trying to go all over the world killing people. Well, I mean, we've talked about that quite a bit, that, that our, our, you know, vision of how to fight terrorism is asked backwards. Everyone says, you know, that things changed after 9-11, and they did, but they changed in exactly the opposite direction. If anything, it should have proven that going around and blowing people up is clearly not the way to prevent terrorism. It actually does the opposite. It creates more terrorism, and in the meantime, the the constant fear that you keep people in is essentially allowing the terrorists to win. There's no question about it. I mean, they want to create I mean, fear, and we've done about it. it this you know? way. So. I agree with you totally. We haven't made a Star Trek reference in the 40 minutes that we've been on. Right. Let's say you have a society of Klingons. Do you think the terrorists could ever affect the society of Klingons, ever? No. Is there anything a terrorist could do to freak out the Klingon population? Or would Klingons just be like, fine, it's a good day to die. Let's die. Great. <laughs> now we're going to kill you. I love, I love Russ's... Okay. I love okay. Maybe one of, the Kling Go ahead, one of the Klingons might start to say, all right, all right, whatever you want. And then you know, the other ones would kill him and say that. That's right. That. <laughs> they would eat him. Cowardice. They would cull him from the herd I love, as soon as he did that. I love Russ's like, no, rational cold. Klingon, though. I love Russ's rational Klingon. He's like, all right, well, today's a good day to die. Let me just get my chakra, and then I'm going to take my knife of death, and I'm going to um, do a little ritual death here. So just hold on one second. got to put the, bring right. the kids to school. And um, now, here we go. Um, it is the shakhtar, um, and you're going to be dead. As the non-tracky <laughs> in this podcast can i press the fast forward button in real life oh get to the part where we're talking about something i understand what is wrong with star trek <laughs> i know we've been oh, talking about come on for like man. 10 minutes now so story has nothing to contribute he's like nope violence 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 and just, cupcakes i, I have an nothing. opinion on cupcakes <laughs> i like hey, I'm just brand muffins. i got nothing sorry <laughs> Wait, you ought to have no, no. something. Carry on. But story, Carry you ought on. to have something with that. You ought to agree with us about the whole business about the busted way to fight the war on terror, right? Don't you agree that sort of fear in general is the oh, wrong sure, way to go? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think it'd be that controversial for of you. Course. So. That's and you would argue well, the same yeah. thing as me. You would just say a society of Gandhi's wouldn't be subject to terrorism, whereas <laughs> I say a society of Klingons wouldn't be right. subject to terror. It's the same thing. Gandhi's like. Don't be like Gandhi would be like. It's an argument. I'm the juggernaut, I mean, bitch. <laughs> Gandhi would be like, it's a good day to, to fast. It's uh, a good day to fast and um, I you know I'm just going to send the kids to school and then I'm going to go out Want and lie kill me kill me all day lie in front of a road that's right I just don't <laughs> I will not subject my belief right. systems to you in a hypothetical battle between a society of klingons <laughs> and a society of gandhis who would win now we're getting down to brass tacks. That is an excellent question. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, <laughs> what a great question. <laughs> and how do you define winning? Uh, if the Gandhis are all, you know, yeah. mowed over and they all die, but they didn't subject themselves to yep. the tyranny of the Klingons, right. do they win? Then they win. Well, yes. and especially, story, tell all me if this long. is right. <laughs> especially they win if one of the Klingons like, wow, I think I, s I understand things differently now. If he did that, wouldn't that mean that they really won? Mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Big time, of course. And and I don't see how anyone could. I mean, it's very hard to commit violence on people who have no resistance without being somehow given pause or made to think about. Can you imagine? Yeah. The Klingons are just like, there is no honor in this. Klingons. These people are sheep. 
I will not do this. This is not exactly. honorable. You know. Their whole thing is about, you know, the love of combat and war and, you know, competition. And if they're just slaughtering people that are laying down in the ground smiling at them, that's not going to fulfill their desires at all. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to smiling would be kind of disconcerting. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> I think that's how you defeat I will a king not kill on a civilization. Man. You sit there and smile at them <laughs> as they chop you up into pieces. <laughs> that man has glasses and a staff. I will not kill him. You will kill him. I will not kill that smiling there man. Is, <laughs> there is no honor in killing a smiling man. <laughs> only kill frowning. Cadence. Only kill frowning men. We only fight frowning people. Uh, right. Yeah, see, Mr. Wolf? <laughs> don't ever kill a smiler. <laughs> it's just not what you're looking for. God, Edward yeah. G. Robinson. <laughs> we need a race of Star Trek people who just are like the Joker. They're all the hideously deformed just like the Joker. And their job is to be insane, but they smile at you the whole time and are really make you uncomfortable. So they don't do and any damage to you. To see the interplay. They just smile at you oddly. Yeah. I haven't really thought it out fully. <laughs> you could, <laughs> I what really? I thought this oh, was really? a fully developed plan <laughs> on your part. <laughs> Maybe What's they the script I'm looking at that you just emailed me then? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Oh, good, good move. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they just try to put chemicals in your food to make you into one of them. Just like the Joker. Oh, man. It's their whole mission. Speaking of of uh, superhero things, by the way, um, have you seen that? Uh, you know that X three, the new X Men movie, is coming out in about a month. What I didn't realize was that the old director, who's Brian Singer of the first two X Men movies, also directed Usual Suspects. He moved over to direct Superman Returns, which is a new Superman movie, and the new director of X Men dropped out of Superman Returns so that he could direct X Men. So Good. basically, the directors just switched. Good. That's basically what happened. Christopher Reeve is the only Superman. Period. There is no other Superman. Any other Superman movies or TV shows are moot. But it, totally irrelevant. But it's the original guy. No, George Reeves, not Superman. Only Christopher Reeve. Okay, okay, how about this? The guy's name was if George Keanu Reeves. Reeves. If Keanu Reeves became Superman, I might buy it, because then you'd have a whole Reeve, Reeves connection with the three Supermen. But other than that, I'm just not, I'm not dealing with it. Yeah, it was, it was George Reeves and then Christopher Reeve. Those were the two Supermen. That's really strange. Isn't it? And then they both died in freak accidents, too. Really? Or were crippled by them. Really? Yeah. Huh. Nothing. Yeah, it was called The Curse of the Superman. I don't think anything's happened to Dean Cain, but that's because he's a crappy Superman. <laughs> Only good Supermen have horrible things happen <laughs> to them. The better super. Did you hear that Superman's, that Christopher Reeve's wife died? She died of lung cancer. Yep. Yeah. I was just like, wow. That's amazing. So, yeah, I guess there is a real Superman curse. I didn't realize that. What do you have against having a new Superman movie, Russ, that sort of establishes? I mean, let's be honest. Some of the Superman movies have... Crap. Yeah, well, Superman 3, uh, 3 wasn't he winning any awards either. He doesn't want the curse either. to spread, dude. He's just looking for the best interest of Hollywood. That's true. Community. He's trying to protect Hollywood. He has to live with that in the BH, man. Oh, yeah, we ought if to put... they make it near in his neighborhood, he could be done. How about we put Daniel Day-Lewis in that role and see whether Mr. Greatest Actor of All Time can survive? Oh. Let's see what's up with that. That's you right. see, that's a, good, that's a good move there, Greg. Yeah. Uh, that was a trump card you just played there, and I'll have to respect that. My left if they made Daniel foot. Lewis Superman, <laughs> I would probably watch it. <laughs> he, would be, he would be good enough to show the right <laughs> amount of respect least, to Christopher Reeves. The least clean-cut super Superman ever, ever right? It would be like if they put It'd Antonio Banderas as Superman. Like a bearded <laughs> Irish Superman? How great would it be to have like a stumbling, bearded Irish <laughs> Superman. That's what we need. We need an ethnic Superman. <laughs> Lex Luthor, you better stop here. First, give me a pint. Okay. <laughs> because sup the character yeah, I, Superman's kind of a hypocrite. You guys realize that, right? How so? Like, he stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Right. And he claims that he never lies. Except 90% of the time when he's lying about who he is and telling everyone that he's Clark Kent, the sniveling little reporter. He lies every day of his no, life. All day long. That's not true. Until he becomes Superman... And then he says, I never lie. That's right. How does that work? Because he's got Somebody a secret identity. Superman is not Clark Kent. That's the point. When he's That's Superman, when he's Superman, he doesn't lie. Clark Kent's if not they, Superman. Clark Kent's alter ego. If you ask Clark ego. Kent, are you Superman? He says no. Because he's, he's not. He's Clark Kent right then. What? <laughs> so because he's a schizophrenic that gets him away from the laws of morality? <laughs> Let's be honest, man. A guy who can reverse actually, time yeah, Johnny, is not doing Actually, I right. think schizophrenics are excused from the laws of morality. I think that's oh. basically what society has embraced, right? Yeah, you're right. I am. Well, there you go. I mean, I'm not. No, yes, I am. <laughs> that's not I a mean, schizophrenic. Wait a minute. <laughs> you are, but I'm not. No. Wait. <laughs> but I, I am. Uh, wait. Oh, Hold on. Are you? Okay. Clea's yes, gonna yell at you for this okay, story. We're in agreement. Yes. That's, we're all excused. That's a split personality. I'm gonna yell at Clea. Look. 
for bashing the West Coast oh, and saying the oh. West Coast can't be good friends. Save it so for the save it. Sit down save it for the, the ring, Clayton. Up. Save it for Woo. Wednesday. <laughs> This okay. is Wednesday. Save it oh. for the other Wednesday. You know what, I'm Andy? Just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm totally Please willing to accept yourself. your point, Andy, that Superman is, in fact, not a liar, but a crazy person. If we're going to go with that, <laughs> that's fine with me. So, I mean, let's... let's. I have to say right now that I, I really don't like any of the Superman movies. I find Superman to be one of the least compelling superheroes there is. There's just nothing interesting about him. Like, he's just he's blandly powerful, good, right? you know? Well, yeah, because yeah. basically they have to make... I mean, he's just really strong, and he can fly. He does all these generic things. There's nothing really neat about his powers, I've, you know? Like, well, there's but to be fair, interesting he about was, like, the, the like, first guy. So before we even knew what superheroes were, when they kind of invented him, they sort of, all right, this is a catch-all. Whatever this guy does, he does everything. But later on, they figured out how to make people have cool magic tricks, like throwing a playing card and having it explode, you know? Yep. But in the beginning, there was just, like... Nothing. The problem so, with I think it's pretty good. The problem I also, with uh, I think I just have a general preference for superheroes that arise out of something not magical. You know, something that's like sort of pseudoscience. Like Batman. Well, he's an I alien. don't know why. I think he's not like magic. Like the Rampa School of Enlightenment. I mean, there yeah, you go. He's, he's Atlantic alien, man. But that's just like a, a Deus Ex Machina. Like, oh, so these aliens came and they left this guy, and then he's Superman. I'd rather be you know some interesting backstory oh, about I, how somebody yeah. ended up. You know? I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, even if fair. you see Batman and Superman together, I mean, first of all, they have to make up things that Superman is... Oh, look, he got hit with another fragment of the same exploded planet. How? Who Who would have thought? And the truth is that, like, Batman, a character like Batman... I remember, I think I've told this story with you guys before, but not on the show. Uh, I remember reading this comic where Superman and Batman are working together at some point, And they're following this ship that, is, that has drug smugglers in it. And the ship has passed the international... Is It's in international waters. It's out of national waters. And so Superman stops. He's like, look, we can't go further, you know. It's, it's against the law. Like, they're out of our jurisdiction. <laughs> and Batman's like, I'm not interested in the law. I'm interested in justice. And Batman blows over the line, blows the crap out of the oh. ship, and goes in and gets them. Which I think was really the distinction between the two of them. Because Superman was just a goody two-shoes all the time. And Batman had a much more interesting sort of setup. Spider-Man, same way. I agree with Andy. There was some kind of scientific explanation or some backstory to it. Where Superman was like, oh, look, I'm weak again because kryptonite happened to hit the planet. Oh, another planet fragment. Oh, well, we'll use this to try to make that it weak. That is wait. hilarious yeah. that <laughs> Superman stopped himself because of jurisdictional problems. I, I find that hard to believe. Because it would have been they, American they law. They forgot about being consistent. It's like, wait, if I fly up into space and I destroy an asteroid heading towards Earth, do we really have jurisdiction over asteroids <laughs> that may or may not be landing in the Pacific Ocean? But that's threatening the whole planet, now. though. That's it's the point. It's never applied to anything else. Yeah. Well, that's threatening the whole planet. This was just nah. threatening the United States. Nah. Truth, justice, and the American way, Russ. Not that's the world lame. way. The American way. Well, we've already established that he's crazy. Or a liar. One or the other. <laughs> There's no way into that. So. Lying, crazy Superman. Yeah, how many well-adjusted superheroes are there? I'm flying crazy Superman. <laughs> I'll bite your shoulder, <laughs> melt my own face with eye lasers. I'm from Rampa. I'm from Rampa. <laughs> <That's just> <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, how many well-adjusted superheroes in, in do we know of? I mean, most of them are nuts for some reason or another, aren't they? Batman lost his parents. Superman blew his, had his planet blow up. How many well-adjusted superheroes are Russ there? Well, he's totally he's out of control well. after last show. That's right. Well, supervillains can be a little bit more on the edge than a superhero. <laughs> but go. right, even for superheroes, yeah. we're supposed to be the bland, stable ones. I think Wonder Woman is pretty well put together. What? And also, she's a freak. Oh, she flies. Well, <laughs> she's well put together. Dude. All I gotta say is Wonder Woman. She flies and in an she flies in an invisible jet, it's just so you can see her, and she uses a lasso of truth just in case you're into that sort of thing. Most sexist hero ever. This is the bondage and masochism. Oh come on, this is what all, yeah, all Greg, women want the lasso she of is truth. Stacked. She is stacked, <laughs> Greg, and you cannot deny that. I, I don't I she is built like a brick house. <laughs> She's mighty mighty, you think? Andy was expecting like four of us to break out into song as soon as he said brick house She's and we're brick. all like waiting for who's going to do it house. who's going to sing it come on my there my day. There. House. <laughs> she's my day she's letting it all hang Ow. she's a brick house. oh my gosh I just I just did google Wonder Woman I was right about that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I was so right. <laughs> oh, Andy called the shot, and he hit it. So, yeah. who else besides At Wonder first, Woman? I thought she just had, like, secret weapon torpedoes, but oh, geez. They're, they're actually oh, part of her body. Oh, oh, oh. And, I mean, you know, 
other than the whole talking to fish thing, I think Aquaman is totally sane and collected. Dude, he's fine. Aquaman, Green Lantern, totally fine. Nothing wrong with him. Would you Most consider He Man? Is He Man a superhero? What, no. What is, is he? What he's is like he? an ancient, mystical, tall tale legend guy. He's not a superhero because he doesn't live now. He lives in Eternia, which is another place. <laughs> I love I love that cartoon. He, he must live now. He lives always. I love that cartoon because they wanted they they were very clear about who was what. They're like, here's He Man and his friend Man at Arms. What is he? He's a man at arms. He has weapons. He's man at arms, and he's with He Man. Is he a she? Is, is there any question about it? No, he's He Man. Him. It's a he. There's no I question know. about it. And then there's Beast Man. Yep. Who yeah. is a Beast Man? Yep, he's a Beast. Man. And there's Skeletor. Who's Skeletor. He's a skeleton. He's a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> battle Cat, who's a cat who rides in a battle. It's all part of exactly. the you know. Got to be very clear. We are entertaining seven-year-olds here. <laughs> we just don't want to be vague about any of this. <laughs> And, and what what do, what do these people do? Well, they're masters of the universe. Okay, great, good. That's like what we'll call the them. All the subtlety of the yeah. White Sox TV commentators. <laughs> they they didn't even think that the kids would understand if they called it alpha male. So they're like, well, what's a simpler version of alpha male? Just he male. Him. Okay. Sure. That's fine. We need we need something to How are we going to appeal to girls? Powers of testosterone. I am angry. I think we clearly identified the show which song face the violent king violence king would come from. Absolutely. If you were on any show, absolutely. All he is so long. from that world, no question about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, you know, and then when they needed, I am alpha male. Hurts <laughs> every turn. When they needed a girl version, they just were like, "Who do we do?" They're like, "She, she, woman." They're like, "No, it's too long. Let's make it just she ra." Like, okay, like cheerleader, she cheerleader. How about just she ra? <laughs> like ra ra. She ra. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> oh man, in the days when marketing was not so complex. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, I've hit puberty. <laughs> Amen. It is true. That is sort of a definition I of puberty. Hormones. <laughs> it's so played to the picked on kids. How many kids were like, I want a magic sword I can hold over my head, become the baddest ass guy on the planet, and go around kicking ass? That I mean, that clearly was playing to the kid who was bullied. He got bullied at school, came home, you know turned what? on him. The rest of us turned to Gandhi. Exactly. Well, yeah. The story went the other direction. But most kids were just like, damn, if only that cartoon was real, this would all be solved. The, the other thing about the He-Man cartoon was in exactly the same way as Voltron, where ever, at the end of every episode, Voltron would take out Blazing Sword, and that would be the, the killing yes, blow, right. which he could have done, you know, five minutes into the episode. Right. What He-Man did every episode when he's fighting and he turns into He-Man is he does the hip toss. Every bad guy in the history of He-Man got hip-tossed by <laughs> what? He-Man. I don't remember that. They'd, be like, they'd run at He-Man. He-Man would like turn to his side and like use his arm and throw the guy down on the ground. <laughs> exactly the same clip. They would just like you know redraw in the red <laughs> cape on the bad guy instead of the blue cape. It would be exactly the so same. So much so, so much so that I remember my He-Man action figure. Actually, you could twist. That's it right. And you could twist it. The, yeah. The they had like. That's right. Yep. Yeah, he, they had him like act, some sort of action move He-Man wow. that I had. He, they also had one where you could make his armor get dented. I had yeah. that. You could push his, you could push like one. part of him. Yeah. Battle armor He-Man. And That's you know right. what was funny was I had battle armor He-Man, but I had regular Skeletor, which didn't it didn't sit well with me <laughs> as like a you know a nine year old. So there was this seven year old, and I was like, look, I will trade you my battle armor He-Man for your regular He-Man so that I can have the two regular guys and you can have the battle armor guys, which are way cooler. And he's like, okay. And so I gave him my thing and he gave me his. And then like a half hour later, he started bawling because he realized what trade meant. And he was like, but everything's mine. How can I lose my guy? That's mine. Oh, I see. And I had to give it back. And I was I was very pissed off that he didn't understand what the, what the uh, transaction that occurred. Begin <laughs> to emulate the Yankees. Where I'll trade you my garbage players for your great players, and it'll be cool because my garbage players are much cooler. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then we'll assemble Wait. a lineup that has Gary Sheffield, Hideki Matsui, A. Rod, Jeter, Johnny Damon. And who am I forgetting? Nice job by A-Rod last Jackie night, Mays. by the way. He, two days ago, Jambi. hits a grand slam in a 15... Giambi, that's who I'm forgetting. Two days ago, hits yeah. a grand slam in a 15-2 win. Yesterday, uh, strikes out with the bases loaded and grounds out with men on first and second the ninth inning for a loss. Welcome to the world of Alex Rodriguez, your MVP. <laughs> you know what You know what I figured out about A-Rod? It's not that he's not clutch, but he's neither clutch nor not clutch. Basically, you know, that's his true about clutch. everybody. 
I will point. I will point that <laughs> there out. There you now. go. That's Andy's That's theory. That's actually true about all baseball. Andy players. doesn't believe in clubs. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not my theory. It's like it's backed up by stats. I know. Like well, there, no. if you Andy, look, some players look, do have a higher average with runners in scoring position than you know in regular situations, and those people I, you I can, can consider can, clutch. I can pull right. out the numbers. Oh no 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 no! no. Over, there are. I like can just see this one, getting into a fight about I, this. I mean, <laughs> I can pull out the numbers. So you're saying that David Ortiz last year like was not statistically clutch. Well, you can't just use last year. That's not a big enough sample size. Uh, you, you have to do it over at least three seasons because that's the only reasonable sample size to get to okay. get it correct. But what I'm saying is people remember when people do clutch things and they don't notice when they don't. Yeah, Andy and I have had this, this argument. Andy and I have had this argument for a long time, and I still I still don't agree with Andy. I, before we get into a statistical discussion, I mean, though, can I just yeah, ask? The numbers are. Can I just ask what would happen if A. Rod held the bat over his head when he struck out and was like, "I call upon the power of my bat," and then like he became clutch? What would the, is that possible? We could call him like. He, yeah, that's what Barry Bonds he did. Rod. It's called injecting no. testosterone. We don't have a Castle Grayskull in real life, so the players <laughs> have to inject their hormones into their. Did buttocks, you see okay? the show? That's how it works in the real world. Did you see the, the ESPN show where he actually was talking about the whole experience? It's really bizarre. He has this reality TV show. I saw the clip. Yeah, of where he's just like, oh well, it's just really terrible. It's like whoa, this is so weird, you know? Smart. It's a very smart move. He's finally getting some control over his press coverage, which he should have done a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, which ESPN should never have done for him, by the way. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's all So true. here, I actually just found one article that says that if you look at the numbers to try to find clutch hitting, the best you can hope for is like a, a small difference, like maybe a 285 hitter hits 300 in clutch situations, but nothing mm-hmm. like what you'd expect, you know. They, they found that some players are slightly better in, in clutch situations. But they're not most players, and even when they are slightly better, it's nothing that you would think of as like he's really clutch. It's oh just yeah, like he's a little bit better. No, that was gonna, that was oh. going to be the original point, which is I I totally agree with you, and I think that there are very rare players who are clutch, and A Rod is not one of those, but he's also not not clutch. Basically, he performs at the same clip, and it the situation makes no difference to him. And whereas you would like it to be you know tailored towards success when it matters. Yeah, but I don't even know that doesn't. I agree with that. Just successful you know, for his 320 average, and that's just a random assortment of occurrences. And sometimes it's important, and sometimes it's not. But there is something and to be said. Right. works for most players. But there is something to be said for his performance, or lack thereof, in the playoffs, where repeatedly, repeatedly, he has been in situations where he could have done things for his team and did not do so in the playoffs in those moments. I mean, th- this Actually, did happen over and over and over again. I just again. saw his playoff numbers and. I've seen his playoff numbers. They're not yeah, bad. Yeah, but his playoff numbers are not the he issue. Hit, he hit over 300 in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, but he, he, I mean, he hit... I'm you're going to say, his, like, A-Rod was great against numbers. the Red Sox in the first three games, and then when the Red Sox won the next four games in the ALCS, then he wasn't that great. Well, that doesn't mean he's not clutch. It just means he was clutch for three games and not clutch for four games. The question games. is whether or not he it's was not actually impressive. scoring those runs to either tie or put them ahead in situations where it mattered in the first three games. Because if you remember, he scored an incredible I'm, I'm amount of RBIs about, in Game 3, where everybody on that team, you know, they peppered the hell out of the Green Monster and won like 17 to something, or they put, you know, however many hits they and runs they got. So those are where A-Rod tends to build up his stats. I mean, and the question is, you know, when he gets up with bases loaded, when's he get, when he gets up with two men on, when he gets up in those situations where he needs to tie or put them ahead, how many times does he do it? And, and Ortiz, last year, had one of the highest ratings ever for for somebody either tying or putting his team ahead based upon a home run or a hit that he got. I mean, it was it was absurd how often Ortiz was able to do that. Now, you can say that's an anomaly if you want, but that certainly represents a greater vision of sort of what clutch means. And by the way, I wouldn't just classify clutch as being hitting. I would also classify it as defense. The play that Jeter made in the famous well, series against Oakland or right. things like that, you know. Just throw all that away. Like, I'm not even going to argue with you. I think David Ortiz is far more clutch than the average player. But that doesn't mean that A-Rod's a choke artist. It just means that he's not clutch. But it doesn't mean that he's anti-clutch either. That's fair. That's all I'm don't arguing. you think that you I don't you think sh- that he's clutch. I don't think that he's non-clutch. That's fair. He's just as he's like a regular player, but he's above average at all and times. He's paid and, that's it. A, and it doesn't matter what the situation and is. And he's paid a trillion dollars. There's also that. <laughs> well, yeah. Because over the course of the season, he'll put up numbers better than anybody I else. I guess. I guess so. And that's fine. The long haul, baby. I'm the juggernaut. A-Rod. A-Rod. In, clo- in close and late situations, was had a line of two batting average, 293, on-base percentage, 418, slugging percentage, 520. That's a pretty good line for close and late situations. Do you know what close and late is? I, maybe I should explain It's that. like one or two runs, one run down? Is results, 
results in the seventh inning or later with the batting team either ahead by one run, tied, or with the potential tying run on, at least on deck. That's a pretty good line for close and late. How about close late against? I mean, I just against, don't understand where this is against uh, higher than 500 teams. Well, it mostly comes from Yankee fans who are, you know, have extreme amount of scrutiny for a guy that we pay that much money for, and you know, revel every time he doesn't succeed and point it out. And then when he does, they're like, eh, he should have done it more often. I'll, I'm going to do his three-year close and late. I mean, it's just I just don't think it's it's really there. I'll do Ortiz's too, and I think Ortiz is probably one of those players who does somewhat better, but I, I think you, he does so well already that I think you just notice it when he does it in, in an important situation, but it's probably his home run rate is no better than normal. He just hits a lot of home runs. I'll give you a great example. Bill Simmons' column about the opening day um, log that he did. Bill Simmons did nothing but like dance in his apartment when David Ortiz hit a big home run to make the Boston lead from 2 to nothing to like 5 to nothing. Okay? Not particularly clutch, but Bill Simmons is like, great. Then when A-Rod is up in the Yankee game and it's 3 nothing, and A-Rod hits the grand slam to make it 7 nothing, Bill Simmons is like, classic A-Rod, meaningless home run. But really, they're exactly the same situation. He's just being like, I love David Ortiz, so why would I ever say that something he does isn't clutch? So I just re-ran the, the three-year numbers for A-Rod. His batting average is dips in close and late, 276, but his on-base percentage is 392, and he has slightly better slugging over the three-year period, 553. He, he's on pace to I hit, bet that on-base like, percentage is inflated because of intentional walks. I mean, maybe, but the, the, he's still on pace to hit like 40 home runs in a full season of close and late. He, it's uh, 228 at-bats. You figure that he's going to get around 600 at-bats in a season. So if you do, let's say, two and a half times, and that's not even 600. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get up around 40. I mean, it's just not there. It's there's no evidence to say that he's not, you know, that he doesn't do well in those kind of situations. You just remember it when he chokes, and you and you maybe he doesn't have as many moments. He certainly doesn't have the Ortiz moments for some reason that are are so memorable. But I don't know. Maybe part of that may have been luck. I mean, we're talking about a handful of moments for Ortiz. We're talking about less than a dozen, right, of those memorable moments. That's not as good sample size. That's just you know, they're both great players. And, and magic we just... moments, they take you by surprise. <laughs> when the game's and then you will swing the bat. <laughs> we notice we've been listening to all this, and Story's been saying nothing in your because eyes. we haven't brought up Ichiro yet. We're just like blah, 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 blah. Ichiro. Story's like what? Eh? Ichiro? What? Eh? Gilmesh? I'm what? longer than Clutch. I don't. I don't really. You know, have one sense or another. I strongly lean towards the idea. I slightly lean towards the idea that some people are clutch, but I think that, you know, it's it gets inflated in people's heads. So I kind of am on the fence with Well, that, I think so it gets I, thrown I, around too much. When I have a strong opinion. I, I, Reggie Miller, Reggie Miller was clutch. Yes, exactly. That's, that's really all I have to I say. Agree. That's my argument. There's no way you could ever argue with me that Reggie Miller is not the king of clutch. And beyond that, I don't really know. I've said the same. Andy and I have had this discussion for a while, and I think it's sort of hard because it depends on how you're classifying it. I think that th I think that Andy's right in the sense that everyone always brings it up. They're like, what a clutch hit. It's like, well, you know, it's regular season game, you know, whatever, clutch, I don't know. But I, I do think they throw the word around. But that doesn't mean there aren't some people who, too, define what clutch means and also do some good, by the way. Andy and I have had a debate as, as to whether it matters at all that these people are clutch and, you know, like whether that has any impact on games. Also, my so. standard transmission car is clutch. That's true. Nice. I, I would agree with that. And look at the car shift into third, <laughs> right when he hits the highway. That is clutch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's using the clutch, Bob. He's got his foot right there. Uh, he's on the clutch. It's like he's got a pedal to indicate how clutch he can so be. So let's shift gears, Bob, he's and talk about transmission. He's clutch. <laughs> oh, no, the Iron Sheik is put on the camel clutch. <laughs> and Sergeant Slaughter is in trouble. Uh, well, you know what, gentlemen? Unfortunately, in trouble or not. We have come to the end of another hour of the MEP report. And it's close. We'd, it's it's and late. close and late. And we will we be clutch? Yeah. Like will clutch. We How are show? we doing in close and Relatively late situations? Story, hour. be funny. Quick, quick, Brad, be funny. Oh, my gosh. Greg, 
That that oh. timing comment was so close. Yeah. Oh my God, you came Sweet. in close and late and just cut us off at the moment. That was awesome. <laughs> we want to thank. You can't that argue with that, much. Andy. That's like empirical that's, evidence right in your face. I got stats right for there. you. Statistically, like 22 out of 24 right MEP reports. Greg ends the show within two minutes of a full hour. <laughs> now you've got to say that's pretty close. I'd say he's a compiler, Bob. He's Someone in the clutch hall of fame. That's how we'll know we have a real fan if someone gives us a statistical report. <laughs> Send us an Excel please do that an attachment. and uh, please so continue to listen. Of close if you if you are disturbed like Superman, please do the following things. Begin by sending us emails to Greg or Russ or Andy or story at mepreport.com. Follow up by voting for us at podcastalley.com. Or story at mepreport. Podcast. I said story at mepreport. I said Russ and Andy story. And Gre or story. <laughs> Greg or Russ or Andy or Greg. Or Greg story or Greg this or time. Or Russ. No, no, Send no. emails to one of those people. I'm doing the schizophrenic oh, joke. Oh, the other story. Why do I have yeah, to explain I every joke Sorry. I make on this Sorry. show? Sorry. I hate it. That was non-clutch. That was non-clutch. We apologize. Also, <laughs> visit our MySpace page at myspace.com slash mepreport. Oh, and I forgot friends. about that. The Map Report wants to be your friend whether you like it yes. or not. So you may as well We'll do it on my space, other than the other creepy weird situations. The map report is not a hot take and does not represent itself as Yes, much. please spread the word about us, and thank you very much for listening, and we will uh, be back at you next week with a new show. Uh, anybody got anything else out there? Bring one for it. <laughs> we ride. Outstanding. Say goodbye, everybody. But I must uh, back uh, in Omaha. Peace out. Destroy them. Journey on from place to place And if that's the case Then my life's a waste Cause there's nothing left To live for but tomorrow Tomorrow's just another day away